Hey folks, welcome back to the Friday Show with Dustin here on uh, the Culture Jack Podcast. Today on the show, as promised, we're going to take one more look into the crystal ball and try to divine what life could look like on the other side of this virus. And so, to that end, last week on the Friday Show, it was a little bit darker take on the whole event. One that, uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, you'll probably want to pause this one and go listen to that one first. But before we get into the show, Anthony asked me a question on his Monday Madness episode where he highlighted some of the technology that has emerged from this pandemic. A fantastic episode. If you missed it, be sure to download it for your next uh, your next road trip or your next trip to the toilet. If maybe you're planning on having an extended stay there in the bathroom. <laughs> no, on, on second thought, uh, it was a pretty long episode. So if it takes you that long on the John... Um, you probably, you probably need to go see a doctor or something. You're, you're probably not right. But in any case, he asked me if I had seen a, uh, technology impact or increase by my family due to COVID-19 lockdowns. And, uh, for what reasons might we be using a little bit more technology during this time? And, and you know, sure. Uh, we've definitely used more technology since these lockdowns. I mean, uh, the kids are doing online school lessons. So so just in that alone, they're both on the computers at least twice a day to have a 40-minute a virtual classroom or 30-minute virtual classroom and at, at least, you know, one extra time a week with one-on-one time with their, with their teacher for another 30 minutes. And that's just the class time too. You know, their, their teachers are assigning educational videos to watch as well as any adjacent learning websites that that these kids might need to go to in order to complete additional assignments. And outside of learning, they like to, of course, they like to get online and play video games with their friends. Um, And, you know, here's something, Anthony, that you might not have known. But children, when they're wearing a headset to relay information uh, with, with their buddy about a zombie spawner in Minecraft, well, they have no choice absolutely no other choice but to yell into the microphone to which their pals will readily reimburse them for and do it do it back (laughs) who knew who knew the future would be filled with children yelling at their televisions much uh, to the delight of their parents as far as my wife and i we're definitely using more technology as she has to use it uh, for teleconferences at work we both use it to video chat with our, our family members and our friends. We've done online game nights where we've actually had you know multiple uh, pieces of technology where we've had the computer online with the card game we were playing, and then our phones were propped up next to us to be able to chat with all the all the players playing as well. And it doesn't even begin to start to describe the amount of you know streaming media we consume every night. Uh, you know we don't go to the theaters now, so we've even purchased new movies to have like makeshift theaters in our isolation cell, you know, the kids will set up a concession stand and, and they, they sold candy and popcorns and beverages. Um, they're little grifters though, because we're the ones that actually bought the treats in the first place. There's, there's definitely been an uptick in electronics and technology consumption, uh, to be sure. And Anthony, you also asked me if we were finding, time to do other projects during this hunker down order, or if we'd been able to get outside and, and yeah, you know, uh, Alaska is a, it's a big place. It's easy to get out and do things and still keep that good social distance. 
Uh, I, I know my wife and kids have been able to go out for a bike ride every day. And I'm gearing up to work on some yard projects now that the snow is sufficiently melted around the house. And, you know, some some days are easier than others. I mean, uh, it is pretty easy uh, to get all bummed out and just hang around the house. Uh, but then you have to recognize that it, that doing that isn't the best thing for a person's physical or, or mental well-being. Um, and, and speaking of your well-being, I've got just the medicine for you today. So let's start the show. Welcome back to the Friday show, everyone. This is the other side of this culture jacked hug that we are giving your week. Anthony hosts the show on Monday, Monday madness. It's, it's the big spoon to your little spoon. And then the, the, the Friday show, this show, <laughs> it's also the big spoon. So what, what I'm trying to get at, uh, here is, uh, you and your week are getting snuggled so hard right now. And I do, I do recognize that it is the Friday show, but it's coming to you on a Saturday and uh, the, the reasons being, uh, they're very, very sleepy reasons, actually. I was very tired last night, and so I apologize for not getting the show out on time. But before I get in uh, to the sequel for last week's Dark Future Coronavirus episode, you know, the one that you've tuned into this to see how to pick your spirits up after I so handily dashed them last time, uh, I have a couple things that I wanted to share in relation to everyone's isolation darling, the the Tiger King. <laughs> there will be no spoilers for the Netflix show if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, I, I do recommend that you watch it. It is a, oof, it is a ride from start to finish. Um, but if you haven't seen it yet, uh, you you what are you wasting this quarantine for? Like, why are you at home still? Uh, it's it's really funny that this show has become such a big deal out of nowhere. Uh, Joe Rogan, you know, he talked about it on one of his podcasts. He equated it to lightning in a bottle. And I think it's a very apt description for it. It came at the perfect time. And it was this um, it was this perfect, absurd, bizarre thing that everyone needed. And it spread by word of mouth faster than the coronavirus. I mean, seriously, people, wear your masks out there. Well, the big thing that we're all aflutter by here on Culture Jacked is that earlier this week, it was announced that a scripted Tiger King series is in the works over at CBS. Uh, Dan Legna is going to be the showrunner, the writer, and the producer. I, I guess he was previously the showrunner for a show called American Vandal. I heard it was pretty good, but I never saw it myself. And the star of this new series, who will play the irreverent, paranoid, tiger-showing, presidential candidate, meth cult leader Joe Exotic, will be the one, the only, Nicolas Cage. As longtime listeners will note, and why we are so excited about this announcement is in large part due to the fact that Nicolas Cage is by far this podcast's favorite movie and now television actor of all time. Ghost Rider, without a doubt, is his finest work, and all other Marvel movies pale in comparison. All other movies in general pale in comparison to, to Nicky Cage as the Devil's Bounty Hunter. Anthony agrees. 
He's he's actually Anthony is actually more <laughs> more of a fan than I am. But Culture Jack uh, heavily endorses anything with Nicolas Cage in it. It's going to be a fine work of art, a masterpiece, and we are so excited for him to take on this role as Joe Exotic. <laughs> and apparently, uh, Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live is also set to star in a separate series about Joe Exotic. Uh, he had a podcast, and that, that's what this one is going to be. She is going to star as that bitch, Carol Baskins. Uh, I I don't know if this, this set of events, this Tiger King events, this docuseries is ever going to stop entertaining. It just keeps on. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Will Joe, Carol, Doc, and Jeff Lau ever lose their luster and appeal? Probably not until we're all free from these lockdowns. Uh, and, and there were also, a, I don't know if you saw it, Anthony, but there were a couple guys on YouTube. They set up an interview with the real Carol Baskins. I, I don't know how long. I want to say I watched it. It said it was about a month ago. I watched it a couple days ago, but it, I think it was dated for about a month ago. Um, she thought she was going to be on uh, Jimmy Fallon, but they ended up taking a bunch of clips from his shows to make it sound like she was actually being interviewed by him, but it was just these two jokesters. It was pretty crazy how they did it. I, and And you almost wanted to feel bad for her. But then you you remember, you know, you remember about the sardines. <laughs> um, for anybody listening, did you guys catch the episode that came out a couple days ago? Uh, Anthony and I were able to teleconference in and have a podcast together for the first time in over a year. So that was very nice. Uh, and even though I sound like I was in a tin can for most of the episode, it was a great episode to listen to. So check that out. It was a special event. And who knows, uh, you, you may see more of those in the future outside of these normal Monday and Friday uh, shows. Well, you know, Friday, Saturday shows. Uh, last week, I entertained the fantasy of what the world would look like after the coronavirus. After we were locked down, locked down again, society collapsed, communities were constructed, raiders became the law of the land, or at least a, a defining aspect of it. Uh when asking for feedback on the episode, I was told that I, I might have gone a little too far. Maybe it was a little too dark. Uh, this episode is looking to be the foil to that one, to be uh, a cathartic more than it is cardiac arresting. I want to highlight some of the positive things that I've seen and bounce around some ideas of what I think an improved society will look like You know, once things shake out. A couple of weeks ago, there was an announcement about a promising treatment for coronavirus in a uh, hepatitis C drug, one that apparently didn't have that much efficacy for hepatitis C treatment, but in early trials is looking to be somewhat effective against the coronavirus. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Disease, uh, broke the news during a press conference that this medicine, remdesivir, oh man, I hope I got that right. Uh, it, it had shown a potential to reduce a coronavirus-infected patient's hospital stay from 14 days down to 11 days on average. And like he said in his announcement, that may not seem like a lot of time or a great reduction in the illness, but it has the potential to be a building block that other researchers can glob onto and improve to further reduce the effects of this virus. 
Nations across the globe have seen reductions in cases thanks to the worldwide community effort of normal people like you and like me doing our part, staying away from large gatherings, wearing masks, washing hands, and isolating in the best ways that we know how. At the beginning of this, when everything began to be locked down, the intention was always to reduce the number of cases or to flatten the curve in a way that would not overwhelm our medical facilities and personnel. And it looks like, on the whole, that's just what we've done. Save a few areas that were hit particularly hard by the, by the virus, most hospitals have been able to manage the patient, the patient load. And uh, we will be able to prevent more of the really dramatic effects from this virus thanks to everyone, you know, kind of pitching in. Some, some places have seen uh, such dramatically reduced cases, they're starting to see, you know, that light at the end of the tunnel. Today, some areas are allowing their, their citizenry to begin working and living again, to emerge from their hobbit homes and to blink in that bright spring sunshine. It's nice to see those businesses and corners of our lives that are opening again and are doing so with caution and with care. Continuing the social distancing that is either mandated or strongly recommended is going to go a long way in keeping this virus at bay. And coronavirus isn't going to go away. Most people will get it at some point. But a majority of people are acting with the compassion and respect necessary to minimize the damage from what appears to be this new part of our life. Despite there being a lot of bad news out there and a lot of information we have to sift through, there are still good things that are happening in relation to this event. Today, I want to highlight six strangers as we once again peek into the future and examine how we emerge from this better, stronger, and kinder. So here we go. Amaya Taylor was closing in on a bachelor's degree in art. She was midway through her course on art and new media when the campus was closed and everyone had to go home due to the coronavirus. She watched the news with her family as reports every day were more dire than the day before. She considered her country's pandemic response to be lackluster at best and criminal when her spirits really suffered due to the isolation. After the lockdowns, quarantines, and mandates had ended, she went back to school. But her degree didn't hold the same kind of luster and appeal that it did when it was paused. She rethought her whole education. After some discussions with her parents, the counselor, and some trusted friends, she changed her trajectory with the end goal of becoming a biomedical scientist to study disease and help find treatment so something like this wouldn't happen again. And if it did, we would be better prepared to react and respond to it. It had been two weeks of staying home for the isolation when Ashton found a new passion. Between the daily Zoom meetings and let's be honest, the half-assed work days at home where he was tired of Excel spreadsheets and running this by someone else via email, Ashton Smith had begun making commentary videos on YouTube. He'd always been a jokester and a mostly likable guy, combining his dynamic personality with his near encyclopedic knowledge for movie history. He created the Movie Tour channel on the platform, which would one day eventually become his normal job. 
His series of videos that paired disparate films to the same movie universe was pretty well-beloved segment on his channel. I mean, I would have never guessed that the Terminator was the dystopian future that came to pass after much more of the rainforest was plowed over as depicted in Ferngali. And nobody connected the dots like Ashton did when he said that Miss Doubtfire was actually related to Dolores Umbridge, the collective epiphany we had after that, Jim. Oh boy. Wake up at 6.30, go for a run. Breakfast, 7.05. Shower, teeth, Tuesday, so the outfit would be a gray t-shirt and jeans. Work, copies of ad meeting minutes, lunch, sales calls, half a cup of coffee at 3.15. Bus, home, feed the cat, watch old cartoons. Bowflex, shower, teeth, bed at 9.45. This was the weekday schedule of Pierce Williams. Every weekend followed a similar scripted routine. His idea of a good day was a day that hit the same highs and the same lows. The same notes on repeat until they threw dirt on top of his casket. This COVID thing, though, had thrown a wrench into that whole plan. During lockdown, Pierce had begun some interesting conversations on the popular chat website, Chat Roulette. Of course, he had to wade through a few unsolicited video chats, largely featuring genitals, but it was here that he developed several close relationships with people who were not in the same country he lived in. After the mandates were lifted, Pierce got a passport for the first time in his life. He used his savings to get on a plane, well, tickets are super cheap now, and travel across the world to meet his new friends, to go to different places and experience different things. Not even realizing it himself, Pierce had become tired of his mundane and repetitive life. The virus had woken him up to that fact. Now, she would deliver freshly made cookies and breads to her neighbors. It was sitting bored at home watching Instagram cooks that inspired her to do so. Before, Harley Miller could burn water and was capable of ruining a bowl of cereal. Miss Walker smiled as she came to the door of 513. The two of them had been neighbors for the last three years, but the only interaction they had before this was when Miss Walker would pound on her wall to get Harley to turn her music down. Harley would oblige, mostly because she was usually too high to raise an argument. She smokes weed still, of course, but now she has better things to snack on. She noticed the hallway on their floor was cleaner, too. As she brought a tray over to the Morris family, usually the place was cluttered up with children's toys and garbage, but their teenage daughter, Tessa, seemed to have spearheaded a complex-wide cleanup that really spruced up the place. Harley had gone over to their apartment for dinner twice in the last month since things got mostly back to normal. They were talking and learning about each other for the first time. They even encouraged her to consider opening a bakery or kiosk at the college to which she had just begun looking into loans, spaces, and menus to entertain the idea. Arturo Hernandez had made a decent amount of money in his life, right up to the point where COVID stopped his financial momentum almost entirely. While he was secure enough to weather the economic hardships that the virus would bring, what he found out, though, early on, is that he wasn't secure enough to handle the mental hardship the separation from society would cause him to bear. 
You see, Arturo loved to dine out. He had a passion for going to the movies. He enjoyed looking his best, ensuring that his hair and his outfits were complemented by his shoes. He enjoyed feeling his best, never missing a gym day, a massage, or a night out at the club with the boys. The consumer economy, the comforts, the luxuries, all of that was taken away from him when the world shut down. Now, five months after the clubs, the gyms, and the restaurants had opened back up again, Arturo found himself back in his element. And boy, was he ready to go. Small changes happened though. Not nearly as consequential as a career change or a, a newfound universal purpose. No, for Arturo, he became a little more grateful. He made sure to, to throw his gym towels in the correct bin. He tipped a little more when he went out to eat. He made the real intentional effort to be a little more patient, a little more understanding, and tried his best to walk in the shoes of others while walking in his own new fresh pair of Nikes. Jamal Harrison, owner and proprietor of Jamal's Books, a popular comic book store, he spent his time before the event arguing over whether or not the Hulk from the movies was an accurate representation of the comic book version, or if the movie version was too underpowered by comparison. Spoiler alert, Hulk wasn't, and was, respectively. Not only did he sell comics and other nerd paraphernalia, but he maintained it was the greatest passion and interest of his life. Wow, was he caught by surprise when the social distancing guidelines went into effect and he had to close the doors to his fellow comic book aficionados. He was also caught by surprise to learn that his seven-year-old daughter, Braylon, had become obsessed with drawing cityscapes. She was so young, but she was really catching on to the whole things have perspective idea. And he was flabbergasted that his twin 12-year-old boys, Tyler and James, were star math students in the online classes that he would watch them participate in while they were all stuck at home together. You know, Jamal loved comics, but his priorities and his passions changed during quarantine. Realizing there are little heroes living in his, his very own house. And he was excited to learn the lore. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully that was a little brighter picture than last week's show was. Now, these characters that I've made to tell this story are people that you might know. They are the same people that have lost their job, that have lost a family member, that are out protesting uh, for the economy to reopen, or, or the same ones that are demanding that we all stay home. None of us knows how this thing truly is going to end or what it's going to look like when it's all said and done. There is so much information to process, so many opinions to consider, so many articles to digest. You'll drive yourself insane trying to make sense of it all. I, I hope that this event ends as quickly as it started. And I hope we get closer to what we used to perceive as normal. But I'm also optimistic that this momentary halting of the rat race has given people the pause they need to discover a new skill or hobby. And maybe it was enough of a kick in the ass to help someone pursue a dream where they might before not have. Maybe it will convince us 
that we are on the wrong career path or otherwise not finding the satisfaction that we need out of life. Maybe it'll cause us to learn more about our family, our friends, or our neighbors. Maybe we'll all just be a little more grateful for the things that we just took for granted before. Maybe people will better appreciate the services that are provided to them. And maybe those that are providing them uh, will strive to be a little more passionate in providing that service. Maybe we will all think about each other just a little bit more. Maybe. This is my optimistic hope. And and really what my expectation is for this post-coronavirus reaction when it's all said and done. This all leads me up to my question for the episode to Anthony and to you, the listener. Have you picked up any new skills, passions, or hobbies since the 2020 coronavirus lockdown? Has this isolation and this pause caused you to rethink any aspects of your life, your direction, or your goals? Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your pals. It would mean the world to Anthony and myself. And speaking of Anthony, he's got the Monday Madness Podness, Monday Madness Podness, the Monday Madness Podcast coming up in a few days. Uh, So be sure to tune in and then find out his answer to my question and to hear what you know, he has on his mind as well. And in case you missed it, we did record that special episode celebrating over 50 episodes of Culture Jacked. So make sure you check that out as well. This will be my last episode focusing on coronavirus, you know, save some ground shaking event that changes the paradigm. Then, of course, you know, we have to talk about it again. Otherwise, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. So take care of each other. Be patient with one another. You know, we're all stressed and could really use a hug that nobody is allowed to give us right now. What does the future hold? I guess we'll see when the dust finally settles. 